Tom Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your Tilo, Tom Fitzgerald, and I'm here with the low in your Tilo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. How are you, lovely husband? I'm wonderful. It is the day after Thanksgiving. Yes. 2022. We are full and happy. <laughs> And very content right very now. content <laughs> uh our our day yesterday uh was relatively well it was a quiet day it was just the two of us but it was nice it was yeah. i actually really enjoyed these sorts of just us thanksgiving these quiet thanksgivings we've told this before I, we might even have mentioned it last week my Explain. family yeah does a big uh cousin yes. and everybody comes you know, this year i think it's 36 or 37 people oh, wow that's the saturday after thanksgiving which from where we're sitting, day of recording, that means tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. Um, and I have a bunch of things that I bring to that. Uh, I have to do my cornbread stuffing. There's a cheesecake, there's cupcakes, and there's a carrot cake. That's all on my list. All amazing. Carrot cake's done. Uh, the cornbread for the stuffing is already baked. But I will be making cheesecake, cupcakes, and stuffing later today um, for Thanksgiving. People want to hear. I mean, the only reason I'm doing this is because people people are like, they they keep saying that they love hearing about our holiday plans. So, yesterday we had a nut roast because Lorenzo was a vegetarian, Um, and which is fine. I, I enjoy looking for alternatives to, and I, if, I mean, if you were a meat eater, I would not have made a turkey yesterday just <laughs> no. for the two of us at most i might have right. roasted a chicken it, or something it, it's too much um so we had a nut roast and um it's a recipe i've been using for a while now i only make a nut roast once or twice a year because it is a lot of work and a lot of ingredients right um but it's delicious it's a it's um all the flavors that you would want on Thanksgiving. It's a lot of sage. It's a mm-hmm. lot. There's nuts in it. There's uh, lentils in it. There's um, smoked Gouda cheese in it. There's peppers and onions. And you and can taste everything. Garlic. Yeah. yeah. And it's all extremely finely diced so that you can pack it like a meatloaf. Um, and I have never once made one where you could slice it like a meatloaf. Uh, <laughs> I wish. I just, I think it's a myth. Uh, yeah. But the only. Uh, I said last night when I was... They don't fall apart. They kind of crumble apart. It's still delicious. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't make nice, neat little slices uh, because it's crumbly. It's and it's uh, it doesn't use a binder like breadcrumbs. And I I'm starting to think maybe mm. I should. Anyway, that was the main. We also had mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce to go with the nut loaf because I think uh, a fruit like yeah, a compote. It, it, it lot, really yeah. rather than trying to do like a mushroom it gravy or something. Yeah, I agree. And. Um, we were going to do a salad, and mm-hmm. then at the last minute, I was like, why don't we just do coleslaw? Because that's traditional in my family anyway, and um, it just made it feel like more of a Thanksgiving. It was a lovely meal. No, we're going to eat leftovers today. And, then, and, and I made an apple pie, yes. the New York Times apple pie. And ice cream. Uh, gingerbread dark chocolate ice cream. Yes. So that was all yesterday. And then I had to get up this morning and go to my boot camp class at the gym. <laughs> And I actually said when I got up, I was like, I absolutely don't want to do this, but I absolutely do want to do that. Like, right. I feel like I need to go because I actually missed a couple of days at the gym and preparing these meals. And um, I got there and I was the only person who right showed, up, showed for up for the class. And I was like, I know. shit. I know. Seriously. And I have a feeling my trainer was the same, but he was actually great. And he's, un- we're actually working together. We've only 
it's only our second session together, so he was able to spend a lot of time on me today. But oh my God, I'm still bright red from my workout. <laughs> and uh, I always, when I started taking these boot camp classes, I told Lorenzo, I was like, we cannot, we cannot record on Fridays anymore because my camp, dead, yeah. because my, my classes are on Mondays and Fridays. And if I sound loopy right now, that's because <laughs> all the endorphins are rushing through my brain and I probably could use some protein oh, or something. Anyway, I haven't even showered after my workout. That's how committed I am. Yeah, Mimio is, is walking around the table very loud right now. Yes. The funny thing is that she was taking a nap and I was like, great, she's taking a nap. But, but she the, hears us talking. The minute we start talking, she, she comes needs to running. Know. The, other, the other day I was, because I do this before the holidays every year, I was um, alone. You were Lorenzo was at the gym. Uh, buffing our floors, waxing and buffing our floors. And she followed me around she the does. entire she length does. of the apartment and sat there and watched what I was doing. We always call her our supervisor. She's she watches, our, yeah, she's what, our whatever you do. Regional manager, Mew Mew. If you clean in the bathroom, she stands she right stands outside, outside the, the bathroom. <laughs> it's so funny. Waiting for you to finish it. Yeah, little girl. And Tab, our, our pretty little homosexual son, as soon as you vacuum any of our rugs, he, he spread, runs, he yeah. loves a freshly vacuumed yeah, yeah, rug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Run so funny. Rug, yeah. Okay, enough domestic nonsense. Did you want to add anything to Thanksgiving? That I can't or? wait for Christmas decorations now. Well, we're doing that this weekend. Y- yes, we're going to do that. We're going to start taking all the boxes out. and it's Might a lot do of that work. today because tomorrow oh, we're going to my sister's. Yeah, dinner. I don't know about today. But anyway, um, it, it's, it's a lot. We have a ton of boxes. It's a 10-day process. It is, it is. I was actually talking to my mom about it. And I was like, oh, mom, you, you have no idea. It's like, you, you, it's not just one, one day thing. It, no. It's, it's, it's several days. And when people come and visit, they always say the same thing. Where do you fit all this stuff when you put it away? My mom asked the same question. Where do you put the tree? The big, because we have a huge tree, because I wanted a big tree, very tall tree. Fake tree. Yeah, fake tree. Um, uh, We used to have the, you know, the natural whatever, but it's just so much work to get rid of it that we're like, no. And water it and all that other stuff. Yeah, all that. So we're like, just let's get a a nice, you know. Uh, you know, it looks like a real tree kind of tree. Anyway, my mom was like, where you put it? And I was like, mom, it's parts are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's broken up in parts and hit chopped up like a body <laughs> that we're trying to hide. I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where they are right now. We, we're going to find out. Anyway. All right. So today it's, the, as I said, it's the day after Thanksgiving. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say this week's podcast will probably have the lowest downloads of the year. <laughs> but Ooh, yeah. if you're listening, we thank you so much. If yes. you did download this, we thank you so much. And we're going to insert what we say. every. We're going to say it every week now. Please like and subscribe. Yes. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We're trying to be more active on Instagram. Because Twitter is a Twitter is shit storm. Dying yeah. right now. <laughs> it's a Nazi shit storm. <laughs> so Facebook, Instagram, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to create a uh, YouTube video. Not, I don't know exactly what we do we're not produce we're not going to be on camera no but, but we're going to be using it more for videos interviews or anything like that we get a lot of um red carpet videos and yes, stuff yeah that, we're, uh, like b-roll we're stuff that we're allowed to ha- have access to yeah. but we don't really put it on our site so we don't know exactly what we're doing yet uh but we're but yeah we're going to be more active because i i feel like everyone not just us rely uh too much on on twitter yeah. and and you know you need to so, yes, like and Get subscribe busy. this podcast on whatever yes. um, platform you're listening to at Spotify or Apple or Podbean. Um, it's It really helps. And yes. spread the word about us yes. and follow us on whatever social media that you happen to be on that we also happen to be on. 
Um, okay, so today we are going to talk a little bit about, oh, the Biden wedding at the White yes. House. Um, both the style points regarding the wedding and also a little bit of the controversy, addressing right. a little bit of the controversy surrounding the wedding. And then we're going to, um, oh, it's the uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year when all of our screeners come in. I know, in. We, we do get a ton of screeners and they happen to arrive pretty much at the same time. So we... We have more than 30 movies, I think. We're going to try and, and <laughs> do a, to watch. A, at least a one movie review per podcast from now until the end of the year. And this week we're doing Tar, which is the Cate Blanchett film. Yeah. Um, that everyone's talking about. That everyone's talking about, and with good reason. It will be right. a non-spoiler review. Um, it's just going to get into the themes and, the, and what we liked about it, but we're not really going to get, unfold the plot for you because... First off, there isn't that much of a plot. And right. secondly, the film is deliberately very obtuse. You really... It's not that you don't know what's going on. You do know what's going on fairly early on. But you're just like, wait, who is that? Like, the details right. are never truly filled in. The director uh, took a very... Like, a real conversation kind of approach that, you know, you... why When you... Uh, you know, when you get caught in the middle of a conversation and you don't know what they're talking about or you don't know that person. So many times we were watching the movie and we we're like, all right, who are they talking about? Yeah. What happened? Do you want to, let's do the Biden thing first yes. though. And yes. then we'll yes. get into the tar thing. Um, so uh, president Joe Biden's granddaughter, Naomi Biden got married last week, uh, last weekend. Uh, Peter Neal, I believe is her husband, the oh, groom's I, name. I think so. Neil, um, yeah. And they, she is the daughter of Hunter Biden, correct? I think so. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so oh, weird. I, I was, thought you had no. I notes didn't take notes. That was your part to take care of the wedding thing. I actually uh, thought that was your no, part. No, anyway. Uh, um, okay, so uh, 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 White House weddings are uh, a long-term. Have been going on. This, I believe, is the nineteenth in the history of the White House. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, there, it's it's something of a tradition. Um. This being 2022 and the nation that we live in now, of course, this one turned into some sort of, it, it was attempted to become some sort of political right. scandal. Is that meow, meow, meow? Yeah, meow, yeah. but no no one can hear. <laughs> um, unless your cat's listening and then she can hear. Oh, I know. Um, uh, uh, let, why don't you, let's start with this. Why don't you talk about the fashion? Talk a little bit about her dress. Yeah, the, the dress, uh, first of all, they both look incredible because they are very... <laughs> attractive people and very wealthy people very wealthy very wide privileged people of course they're going to look like a prince she's going to look like a princess uh she wore ralph lauren um and uh, it's a beautiful dress people were saying it looks like the um, it was modeled on the grace kelly dress well, there you go like everybody does yeah um so she looked amazing uh jewelry was tiffany um we i actually posted on instagram details about the uh, jewelry they both uh wore um tiffany um jewelry um was his uh, suit also Ralph yes, Lauren? Yes, his suit was also Ralph Lauren. I just want to single him out because I said this before we flipped on the mics. Of course, everyone talks about the bride and how right. beautiful the bride looks at a wedding. And that's, you know, it's no different here. But I do want to say I did really appreciate I noticed him. And I don't mean I noticed him because I thought he was hot or something. I noticed just how impeccable he looked. The vest is gorgeous. He, the suit, yeah. It's not just that the suit is gorgeous, but that his grooming was beautiful. Yeah. His yeah. skin looked amazing. His hair looked... Because that's the thing. When the, those pictures came out, I went and Googled the two of them because I don't know mm -hmm. them. I don't, I don't pay attention to President's no, grandchildren. No, I really don't. 
Um, I don't even pay attention to President's children except for Sasha and I Malia. heard about the wedding, but I didn't. I thought it was his daughter. I, I, yeah. That's how crazy I am. When so yeah. I went to look the two of them up because I had never seen them before, and no Tino shade, but uh, he's not. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> you could tell how much grooming was done to yes, make him look yes. that way. That's all I'm trying to say. He's a good-looking <laughs> guy. I'm not saying anything, but he he really stepped it up. Um, oh my god, I could, I don't know if you guys can hear her, but that cat is making some noise. Uh, so I just wanted to recognize that he he really looked fantastic. It was the fit mm-hmm. on his tuxedo yes. was beautiful. Yes, the Tiffany boutonier, the Tiffany brooch. I have to admit. I don't know. I like boutonnieres. If the bride is actually carrying real flowers, mm-hmm. I, certainly I have nothing against a man wearing a diamond brooch. I think that's fabulous. And it, it was a fabulous brooch. On the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but she's carrying real flowers. Like, why wouldn't you want a, like... True. You know what I mean? A boutonniere is, is that's the connection, is that she has a bouquet. But it's Tiffany. He, but it was it was a beautiful <laughs> gorgeous brooch. Piece, Absolutely. probably cost millions yeah um but it, it it's beautiful and i think it's kind of a trend now i saw other people on the yeah, red carpet men are wearing more yeah, brooches now which is kind of cool i like it yeah i mean actually it's uh women don't wear brooches not on the red carpet not right. in high fashion but actually men do i think there's a uh for a lot of women it was sort of the same thing with um like pantyhose or 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 sheared hose right, uh, right. for a full generation women just associated that with older women right, with right, their right. grandmothers and same everything. thing with brooches brooches yeah. is yeah. and it's like uh scarves it's the yeah. same thing yeah. brooches and scarves they will come back eventually but for the last 20 years or so it's been a look associated right. with mature women not with young fashionable women she looked women. impeccable the uh dress is absolutely gorgeous you it, know. it really is a pretty it, dress it's, it's a beautiful it's, dress it's, it has this enormous train an obnoxious Train. Obnoxious train, yeah. yeah. You can see pictures online. A huge train. Um, beautiful dress. Um, they both looked amazing, and uh, you know everybody looked amazing. Yeah, I want to get into the um, controversy because, of course, there was course controversy. There How could there not be controversy? But before we do that, I do want to talk about my Bombas socks. Yes. <sighs> Gifting is hard. Bombas makes it easy with socks, underwear, and t-shirts that feel good and do good. They feel good because they're thoughtfully designed with the softest materials, and they do good because for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone in need. Bomba socks, underwear, t-shirts, and slippers are cozy upgrades to everyday basics and the perfect gift for everyone on your list, including yourself. Bombas uses materials like premium Pima cotton and ultra-soft, never-itchy merino wool in their socks and t-shirts and fuzzy Sherpa linings in their slippers. Bombas's holiday collection puts a modern twist on traditional festive colors and designs. Think rich purples and greens, geometric snowflake designs, sweater-inspired textures, and retro ski patterns. I have the last two... Bombas holiday sock sets from the two previous years, and I think I'm getting another set this year. Oh, I see. I see, because, oh my goodness, I love these (laughs) socks. They're so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're really pretty. Uh, In fact, I broke out my uh, last year's holiday socks, because I... I, I literally rotate my Bomba socks. Like, there's my summer Bomba socks are in yeah. my sock drawer, and then my winter bomb are packed away with my winter stuff, and then when everything gets rotated. So I rotated my Bomba socks. I'm not wearing my little... Like coats and sweaters that you put I, in like plastic the, bags. Exactly. So the wool Bomba socks are out, and the holiday Bomba socks are... And you even said, you were like, oh my God, those socks are gorgeous. They and are I was like, gorgeous. You bought them for I me know, two I years ago. I completely forgot about them. Yeah. Anyway... 
with family sets, you can match with your family and friends in exceptional comfort and style. Hello, frameable holiday group photo. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items in homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one item for every item you you buy. So far, Bombas has donated over 75 million items of clothing. That's a whole lot of comfort and a whole lot of good. So give the good this holiday season with Bombas. Go to bombas.com slash T-L-O and use code T-L-O for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O, code T-L-O for 20% off. Bombas.com slash T-L-O, code T-L-O. I got to tell you, um, of all the feedback we've gotten on our podcast, the number one thing we hear from people is, I love my Bomba socks. Yes. Thank you for recommending and I, them. We mean it. They and are they really incredible. do make great gifts. The box gift sets are yes. just Everything gorgeous. about them, the design, the fit, it's all perfect. You might think that like giving socks as a holiday right. gift is something of a cliche, but I... I, I I'm telling you, anybody who opens a Bombas, especially the box sets, they know that these are special right, socks. Right. You can tell from the minute you open the box that they're mm-hmm. special. So, great gift idea. Bombas.com slash TLO. Use code TLO at checkout. All right. Back to the Biden wedding. So, um, the White House Press Corps, possibly the least useful organization in America. <laughs> I don't even get me started don't even, yeah. on the uselessness of our political press, our national political press. I can't even tell you how grossed out I am by all of them. Um, so they're all but her- the, the big thing during the campaign that I was most grossed out was they all pretended like they had never seen a stroke victim before when John yeah. Fetterman yeah. did. I and know. I was so I'm like, come on, every family member. Every family has someone who went through that. Or know that. someone, yeah. Um, and the way they all acted appalled by his, you know, his his um, articulation problems or whatever. Oh, it was just so annoying to me. Anyway, so um, the, uh, Vogue published an editorial uh, a couple days after the wedding, I believe. And it was an exclusive editorial. And it was shot as if. It was shot on the day of the wedding, but it wasn't. It was staged ahead of time. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it, well, they weren't there. It, it, let me, all right. So this came out, and it's all pictures of, you know, the bride and the groom right. and uh, Jill. And I'm, I'm not sure if the president is even I in the know, pictures. I don't think it's he... all it's shot in the White House. Beautiful, beautiful pictures. And I, I completely understand why Vogue loves to do these photo sets in the White House. It is everything that Vogue believes in. It's yeah. the American right. aristocracy. Right. It's this She's beautiful setting and yeah. everything like that. However, um, earlier in the week, before the wedding, uh, the uh, White House press secretary said, told them, told the press that no press at all would be at the wedding. It was a private family event. So they had no press at this wedding. Uh, and then this Vogue editorial came out and the White House press, you know, all these different White House press people like Ashley Parker and Maggie Habern at the Washington Post and Maggie Habern at the New York Times, they all made a big deal out of it and they treated it like some scandal and that the fact that they were lied to, lied to, um, <laughs> which they weren't actually lied to because there was no press at the wedding. However, here's my take. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as the Vogue editorial came out, even before the press started making hay over it, I groaned when I saw it, and I was like, I really, really wish Democrats would stop doing this. I really wish they would. There's no need. There is no political benefit to the Bidens. There's just no need to have this in the pages. And she's not, you know, she's not the first lady. Right. Uh, She's a granddaughter of the president. Um, 
And explain why you you said Democrats specifically. Be- because- and this is my reasoning for it. Is be- this is why I wish Democrats wouldn't do it? Be- because, <clears throat> pardon me, only Democrats get invited into the pages of Vogue, and that immediately brings charges of elitism against Democrats right. and favoritism on the part of the press, which in this case is true. Vogue is being preferential. I'm not offended that they didn't put Melania and Ivanka in those pages, you know, while they were all in the White House. But uh, the fact of the matter is, you staked a claim. You said you were going to cover just Democratic ladies and not Republican ladies. Right. Well, like, Anna, oh, Anna Wintour is a, uh, is a Democrat. She's so. a big Democratic. Yeah. I, I get it. That's her prerogative. I'm not mad at Vogue. Right. I'm not mad at anyone. <clears throat> right. I'm not opposed to Vogue doing this. Like I said, I can completely understand why they would want to. I think the Bidens and more generally Democrats should be should be saying no to these things. The Bidens especially. Your granddaughter does not need a Vogue editorial. I'm sorry, she's not. She's, if yeah, if maybe it was your daughter. daughter. Yes, I agree. I could see it. Um, and he, but even then, it's like you didn't raise your kids in the White House. Like all their children are practically. Ash, Ashley Biden is their daughter, and I don't think she's more than 35 or 36. But even so, it's one thing if like. You know the the Obama girls got married, you know, because they they grew up in that. And I know um, Jenna Bush, they had a wedding. They didn't have the wedding there, but they had a a, a party at the mm-hmm. time. All of that's fine, but I really don't believe that presidential granddaughters. Whatever. Having said that, that's their house. I thought she lived. She she lives there in the White House, right? No, no, she doesn't. Why would their did. granddaughter live in the White House know. with them? I don't know. I thought they. Did, I don't think anyway. any of them. No, just, no? just right. Joe and and Jill live there. Their children are adults. True, like right. well into their adulthood. Um, uh, and I should say here that uh, according to all reports, and I believe this because if it wasn't true, it would be an enormous freaking scandal. It's all paid for. The whole the whole event was paid for by the, by the Bidens. It's not being paid for by your tax dollars. Are not paying for this. Um, there's would there was Secret Service protection there. However, right. if the Bidens had gone to some uh, yeah. venue to to celebrate this event, there would be Secret Service protection there. That Th- just goes with the job. They're everywhere. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> but your tax dollars did not pay for this wedding. And that's good. That's right. all above board. But um, I'm not opposed to the wedding at all. I, I, and I don't think the press corps has any good reason to be complaining about this because why do you need to carry? Why do you need to be there at a granddaughter's at a presidential granddaughter's wedding? And what a lot of people were saying is that they were hoping they were really hoping to just get you know pictures of Hunter Biden sipping champagne or something like that because they're going after that guy like he's you know the right. worst thing that ever happened to this country. I, I'm sorry, I'm talking. No, too no, no. Much. That's pretty much it. They were just looking for something. They they were hoping to get something, catch something that they could have a whole article about, you know. Uh, but it didn't happen. It was just a family thing. And uh, you may argue that, you know, he's a public figure, so reporters should be there for the wedding. But at the same time, it's a family event. Uh, I don't think reporters needed to be there, but I also firmly believe that uh, they should not have said yes to that Vogue editorial. That I agree. But but that if we're going. To talk about that, then it's true about a lot of things, a lot of sponsorships, and uh, you know, a, a lot of things that happen with with daughters and 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 and, and sons. Of, well, of I've said it before. Generation. I'm not I'm not impressed that Ella Emhoff um, 
the stepdaughter of Kamala Harris, right, um, basically launched a fashion and modeling career off of nothing but the fact that she is the stepdaughter of Kamala right. Harris. And, and I think she's an interesting girl with an interesting style, and maybe, but none of that would have happened for her no, except for those connections. Absolutely not. And um, I really wish, yeah, uh, I really wish Democrats wouldn't do that sort of shit because it opens you up to so much. Um, criticism criticism and uh, you're just getting rich off of your connections and and i have to point out that you know democrats and and i'm one of them um tend to be very critical about anything that the republicans do so you know well i mean and vice versa and vice versa but my point is that you can't have it both ways i mean you know if you don't allow republicans to do certain things and and people were complaining and saying no you know folks should never have millennia on the cover and yet we're having here that's my point. That's my point too. Yeah. I didn't want Melania in the pages of Vogue, but and and we had to make this calculation ourselves when, um, when uh, the Obama years were done, mm-hmm. and we were, and we, it was pretty obvious that the Melania years were starting, and we were like, oh no, we're not covering that Nazi bitch. There's no way we're covering her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, uh, and let's uh, face, let's face it. I was very happy to see Michelle Obama on the cover of of, of, of a magazine, but you know, at the same time, you're like, you got to right. once you make that calculation yes. that you're like, all right, well, I'm not covering Republicans, and then you. And yes. we did. We we were like, okay, well then we should probably just step out of it completely. Right. Which means that's why we don't cover Jill Biden. Um, we're just out of that first lady fashion coverage thing completely. Michelle Obama was a singular was figure, an and yeah. I absolutely don't regret our coverage of no, her. No, not at all. But um, I, I unless Jill Biden does something really, really interesting with her fashion, I see no reason. To, and she's pretty straightforward about her right. fashion she doesn't really want too much attention paid to it that's why i posted pictures on instagram and twitter instead of on our site because we're trying to avoid yeah. uh you know anything right. related to politics mimio is meowing her head off. i don't your uh, cats can you hear probably it. can't know. hear it you probably anyway. can't but we can she anyway that's all i else. wanted to say about that um right. i i think white house weddings are fun interesting affairs i think when there is a wedding at the White House, I don't require press coverage, although I think trying to not have any photographs taken or anything like that is silly. Just let let a photographer come in and take right, some pictures. Right, right. And they did. And they did. Um, but they had full control over the situation. And the White House press corps is a bunch of jackasses, and I hate them all. I agree. Um, all right, Tar. Tar, yes. Directed by Todd Fielding, starring Kate Blanchett. It is the most highly buzzed film of award season. And she's uh, gonna she's gonna be definitely nominated. Oh possibly my God, win what an insane yeah. performance. Yeah. Insane, insane performance. Uh, she plays a world-famous conductor named Lydia Tar. And uh, it's really just a character study. Don't get me wrong, there is a story there, and it's actually a really important, really timely story. Uh, what, Without getting too far into discussing plot, as we said, there isn't much of one. What really fascinated me about the film, that a lot of things fascinated me about the film, was that it looked at uh, cancel culture, Mm-hmm. from the perspective of the person being canceled. Yes, yes, pretty and much. Yeah. it's a nightmare scenario. Now, I don't think the film asks you to feel sorry for the person, you know, for... Uh, it's her. She's going through yeah, we, it. She I gets mean, canceled. Yes. I'm not going to go into we the all, reasons why. We all why. know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If you, if you, she goes through a scandal, yeah. a profession. She is a high, high, high-achieving 
right from the beginning, you're you're given her resume, right. and she's an EGOT. She's won the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony, and she's she was a maestro at like four different philharmonics right, 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 right. around the world. So she is like an uber achiever. She's like this super super super. And they make achiever. the point from, right from the get go that she is this woman that you should be impressed by and inspired <laughs> yeah like like on the surface they try and yeah. cast it like a couple of times in the film they um try and cast her success as groundbreaking because she's a woman and i do have to point out because i went and looked there really aren't no that many that, that, in the that, real world that's very true i mean the uh, first of all the movie uh it, it was it was interesting because before we watched the movie uh, I read several interviews with Kate Blanchett, and you know Kate Blanchett. First of all, she's an amazing actor, um, no doubt about it. And she's very intense when she gives interviews about everything. She does be a little pretentious. Yes, she is a little pretentious. I always go back to the Thirty Rock. Is it Thirty Rock? The the uh, is it? I yeah, where they say, is she really talented or is she just tall? <laughs> she is an amazing actor. Uh, I mean, come on, she's she's insane. no. I think she's she's. But she, she's reached that streaping level of, of acting where any and De Niro sort of has this too, where you can't get away from the Blanchettness of it all. Like right, it's right, just right. it's clearly Kate Blanchett pulling it's, every she's trick out of than, I, than life now. Yeah, and, and she is. So so she's very intense giving every interview. So and she talks about how she learned to play the piano and how she uh, learned, learned German um, for the yeah. movie, and that made me puke because first of all. <laughs> Don't don't hold back, sweetie. <laughs> no, because as a musician, no, honey, no. And she play. Apparently, she played the piano when she was little. Blah blah blah. But if you watch the movie, she plays a few chords and, and a few notes here and there, and that's about it. So if you want to say that you uh, was introduced to the piano, <laughs> so that you could, you know, whatever. But it it it's it's a. It's a very strong statement to say that you learn an instrument. And if you play an instrument... Gimmicky way of promoting a film. Yeah, but whatever. If, if you spend your whole life, like I did, many, many years of my life... Renzo is a classical violinist. Yeah, if you spent many, many years of your life practicing an instrument, it, you know, it's a little offensive. Um, anyway, so... And then she says that she uh, learned to uh, speak German, which is probably not the case. You learn how to pronounce the lines you... We're given. We're, that we're given. I, I will say her German it's it's appears good. effortless. Her she, German is good. She does that thing that polyglots do where she yes, she yes. goes back and forth from English to German yes. in the middle of a uh, sentence. Yes. And she does it very, very well. Right. Because the American, I mean, the character is American and she, she's a conducts the berlin philharmonic yeah which is insane it's it's a job that everyone dreams of that's what uh, made me look up how many women and it turns out there's really not, hardly not, any like, women conductors in the real world are, at that level i mean no no i agree uh there are women conducting orchestras you know now you do have them but very very few have reached that level of of success uh um you have the first um, first American uh, conductor in, in, in the United States, which is, her name is Marin Alsop. Um, and I believe, just me, I believe her, the movie was a little bit inspired by her life because she is a lesbian. Uh, she has a partner, and the partner uh, played in the same orchestra that she conducted, So, yeah. which is kind of the story here right. for the movie. So uh, maybe she, she you know, was some sort of inspiration for the director or whoever wrote the uh, script. 
Um, but so you do have her. Uh, she was the first one in, 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 in America and she became very successful. But it's just one example. I mean, you do have a lot of women. Um, not a lot. You have a large number of women conducting orchestra, but they're usually small orchestras, not right. huge, famous orchestras. And they're usually, as mentioned in the movie, um, sometimes it's just as a guest conductor, right? Uh, not the principal uh, of major orchestras. So, yeah, it's it's still a very man. Uh, I, I think I, I checked the number. I think only 30% of women uh, conduct orchestra yeah. throughout the world. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a man's job. Um, yeah, uh, here's the thing about the movie is, and even you briefly at the beginning of the film, you were confused as to whether Lydia Tarr was a real person or right, not. Right, because it, 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 it feels so real. It's the way the film is produced. Yeah. Um, it it truly does feel like you're watching at times it feels mm-hmm. like you're watching a documentary mm-hmm. and because it the way it feels that way because it's just long scenes of people talking the thing long is- long scenes of people talking um but uh it i have to say and we're gonna, we'll get into this because lorenzo is a music person and i am not a music person and there were times during the film where you thought the conversations were so esoteric that any non-music person would be bored by it and I can only speak for myself. I honestly wasn't. It's a long movie. It's two hours and 37 minutes long. It doesn't feel that long to me, right. even though mm-hmm. it is almost entirely, except for scenes of conducting the orchestra, it's almost entirely just people sitting around having long conversations right. about <clears throat> extremely esoteric right. topics that only music scholars would know. And even so... I was enthralled through most of those scenes because the acting was so superb. Right. But and you, the dialogue was so sharp. Go but ahead. you also, uh, you went to film school. What I'm trying to say here is that you, you understand art and art process. You know, um, It's people talking about art yes, a lot. Right. So if you don't understand that, you might be bored by it. And they... True. The director... Right from the get-go, I mean, he he didn't wait a minute. They start talking about music and criticizing how in extremely specific, very specific ways. terms and 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 in a language that only musicians understand. And it the 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 movie makes the point of because that's how I mean I used to have these conversations all the time. Like you talk about how someone played and you make fun of the way someone played a certain movement or the way you know someone interpreted a certain piece and that's just the kind of conversation that you have all the time. And the right. movie right from the beginning that's all you have. They're they're talking about performances and and they're dropping names here and there and you have no idea who these people are. It's a lot like Black Swan in that in that right. way in that because it plunges you directly right. into a world of intense artistry and training and uh expects you to just figure out or to just go along with it right um i mean there wasn't a lot of intense discussion of ballet in black swan but you did have to sit through a lot of scenes of rehearsal and right. that sort of thing uh so it's and for me, I, I guess you're right. I, I enjoy watching people discuss art or discuss their craft or discuss their skill. I also enjoyed that the film, uh, I, I do want to say, 
one thing I want to get across that I don't think a lot of critics have gotten across in their the critics love this movie and it's one of those movies that I'm going to tell you right now as someone who straddles the line between critic and bitchy blogger I'm going to the bitchy blogger part's going to take over for a minute here and say this is the kind of movie that is made in order to push film critics buttons yes yes, because it is an innately sophisticated film Mm -hmm. and you do not want to be the critic who says who you don't want to sound like you didn't get it didn't know what you don't criticize it you go all in on loving it having said that i do think it's a fantastic film um i think and here's the part that i wanted to say about what critics don't get across and i think it's because they're so falling all over themselves trying to prove that they get it that they're not pointing out that the film is actually darkly funny it is a skewering of the pretension, not so much of the music world. Although I guess, yes, it all is. right, fine. Yes. But I took it that opening scene at the New Yorker Festival. Mm-hmm. It's just a skewering of that whole world of of people. I said that she reminded me a lot in this film, even though it's completely different. Uh, skill set. She reminded me of Annie Leibovitz, mm-hmm. that sort of someone who has achieved so much and is so high ranking Mm -hmm. that their view of the world is kind of not, you're not looking at the world like a human being anymore. And that's the thing. Lydia Tarr is unlikable from the jump because she's so pretentious. Right. I think, I think the movie makes so many interesting points. I mean, let's focus on the music part. Number one, it is a very, very pretentious world because most of the people uh, doing music and learning to play an instrument are people with money. Most of them. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. all of them. So they, they have this sort of background where they are, they feel they're better than anybody else because it's the type of music that, you know, people feel <laughs> better than other people because they think, oh, I like classical music. So, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm above all of you, you know, rappers and, and, and whatever kind of music that you listen to, pop music or whatever. There's always this... Um, uh, air of you know of that i'm superior that i'm better and and it's a very very small world very inclusive um um in a way that only people with money can be part of it uh and you know because it's it's it the lessons are expensive the instruments are outrageously expensive everything about it is extremely expensive the amount of time you have to Yes. spend it precludes you having a job to pay your bill you exactly, know what i mean the- exactly so it, it it's a very interesting world um and which i'm you know I, I always talk about how people are like i mean you know she and then people make a ton of money i mean a conductor makes an insane amount of money oh my god her apartments yes, in this and movie they, were so stunning and they're treated like celebrities in in a small world uh the music world uh it's like it's like Madonna or Kim Kardashian or whatever, but in, in the music world, which is a very small, in a way, bubble. Um, it's the small bubble, in a way. So she, you know, private jets and this amazing apartment. Yeah, yeah, I apartment. mean, her life. Yeah. But it's it's an empty life. Yes. And like I said, the film does not make any of this look aspirational. It ma- actually makes it look a little nightmarish to be living in that world, to be surrounded right. by those people, and to be at that level of achievement. Um is and i i do think it's brilliant how the film literally opens with a a recitation of her resume and it you might think that sounds incredibly dull or boring but it actually works because her resume is superhuman it's she's just 
so far beyond in terms of her what she has achieved and there are people like that in the world especially in the arts who have just achieved a level that renders them slightly inhuman and then Blanchett's performance really underlines this point that Lydia is a construction she's not even a person she's a construction and um, one that is barely holding it together all of her nervous tics all of the brushing stuff off her shoulders and everything and the, and the constantly hearing noises that aren't there and sort of, you know, it's not that it's a portrait of a woman going crazy. Um, it's more a portrait of a woman who is just doesn't have her humanity anymore. She just doesn't have it anymore. Um, and like I said, it's, these are the parts you, I know the parts of the film that fascinated you were the music part. So I'm looking at it, I guess, from the filmmaking mm-hmm. perspective and from the perspective of not, not from the perspective, cause I don't belong to this class, but the examination of that Uber class of high ranking right. art professionals, right. the people who just, you know, the prima ballerinas and the right, conductors right, right. and the, and the, you know, the film directors that ha- have had hit after hit right. after hit, they just achieve so much that they don't really, you know, become human. And then what happens when someone like that, when the mob comes for them, so to speak, when, when, uh, social media comes for them, when, uh, cancel quote unquote cancel culture comes for them and i know you know what i love about the film is it does not take a pro or con on any of this right the Um, interesting part it's it's there's reasons why she gets canceled and and they're inarguable reasons uh, but the film also takes the tactic that some of these some of these arguments against her are perhaps dishonestly framed that that Mm -hmm. juilliard scene right the way you saw the scene in the beginning right. and then you saw someone's video of that scene late and it was edited in a way to make her look she was bad in that scene she right. was out of right. line in that scene but then they edited it to make her look like she was first off racist secondly that she was sexually harassing a student um her downfall is not just because of the sexual harassment it's it's a lot of other things too yes. the way she uh, treats the orchestra the way she treats everybody uh, in that world right because you have to understand you know when it it, it's like a company an orchestra is like a company and these people have been working uh for that company for many many years you have to understand when you reach that level of fame and you or career you spend the last 40 years of your life playing for that orchestra right uh so everybody knows everybody everybody sleeps with everybody there's a lot of gossip going on i remember everyone talking about who slept with who uh who slept with the conductor i these are all conversations I used to have when I was a musician. Uh, so that is all true. Uh, and and how that affects decisions. And, and she, she, the thing is that she's a woman and she's trying to prove that she's, 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 she can do the job as a woman, that she's capable. And at some point she gets annoyed with the fact that, you know, people bring that up, that she's a woman. Right. Uh, why not just focus on her talent? Um, and it's interesting and sad at the same time because she's she inspired by men, uh, like all her major well. There's mega, a definite undertone of masculinization yes, in yes, her performance, yes. and yeah. all the people she admires, uh, they're all men. They're all yeah. male conductors. Uh, and it's like the Elizabeth Holmes thing. She right. Said. It's like I, it reminded me a lot of Elizabeth Holmes uh, because you know with her obsession with with male figures. Let like, me just jump in. Elizabeth Holmes, the Theranos founder who just yeah. got sentenced to jail. The one Amanda Seyfried played 
And like Lydia Tarr, she dresses in right. male-inspired clothing, and she deepens her voice. Right. And and she she was obsessed. I mean, the character Lydia, she's she's obsessed with, with Bernstein, and, 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 and you can see the way she conducts the orchestra, which is a little too exaggerated. Theatrical. Uh, in my point of view, but... Having said that, Carhan was like that. He was a conductor, that he was a star, and, and he had his hands all over everywhere. Um, he was very like this, very visual, the way he conducted the orchestra. And it's interesting because if you know all these facts, it's very clever the way uh, the movie is so clever presenting these cases because she's... Karhan, for example, it was a very problematic man. He was a member of the Nazi party. And, you know, and that's all that going on. And that, and at the same time, he is her inspiration. Um, there's, you know, she's also inspired by um, um, Claudio Abado and, and then what's the other one? Bernstein. Um, and it's, it's funny. There's a scene, I'm not giving anything away, that she, you know, the whole movie is about her recording the uh, Mala Symphony Number no. 5, because she she's she has recorded albums you know up to that point number five and then she's working on the number five symphony which is a very famous one um so and she's looking for cover art like to be she's getting you know inspirations for her own cover and they're all men and they're all these great men and great conductors and she's trying to pose the same way wear the same stuff the turtleneck uh you know Every all that stuff, and 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 you know, she's looking at, at covers of the Deutsche Grammophon, uh, covers the Yellow Label. Which, if you're a musician, you worship those covers. I mean, that's something that you inspire. <laughs> that you know, that was your world to look at that cover, and and you know, you wanted to be there. So it the movie does all these things, interesting things, and interesting points. That if you are a musician, uh, I've read several people online talking about the movie, and they say this is this movie is for us, <laughs> right. musicians, right. Because it drops all these beautiful, you know, ironic things here and there that if you're a musician, you understand why they did it. I think the director did a fantastic job. I didn't know until I read that he went to music. Uh, uh, he studied music in college um, before he became a director, which is interesting because you can tell that it's someone who understands the world a little bit. I do want to say, um, I, I just want to jump in here to add that as someone who's not in that world, do, doesn't follow that world, am not into, not knowledgeable about that world at all, I had no problem with this film. Because I don't want you to listen to this and sound like, oh, it's it's too much. It doesn't sound like... It's not about music. It's, ju- it's just that um, music is the sort of vehicle right. for the story he's trying to tell. So yes, yes. you don't have to be that knowledge. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. I understood what mm-hmm. was on the line. I understood that the symphony was an extremely difficult one right. with a history. I understood everything, even though I, you know, I think the film's very, very good about that th- sort of thing, actually. Right. Um, but it is uh, also about larger cultural issues. And it feels very modern right now. Be- the way that social media was used in, yes. it just felt like someone who got it. Yes. who understood the, that how social media is and and you know it's very interesting because you know i'm not part of this world anymore and i remember uh watching the scene about uh, uh the the student i don't want to give too much away but you know they talk about bach and how bach is it's problematic now uh, you know he was a misogynist blah 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 and i'm and i'm like oh my god n- not even in a million years i mean never in right. my life i i can you imagine us back then when I was studying and, and playing the violin have that kind of conversation uh, right. about Bach? No, I mean, 
not playing him because of his personal life. I mean, this is, the, I guess this is, and I wonder, I, I, I turned to you and I said, wow, is this the kind of conversation people are having right now? And I was like, that's very interesting because I can't imagine having that conversation, you know, when I was young and playing right. the violin. Um, and she eviscerates that student. Right. And again, I think the, um, the film is very good about not... Uh, not spoon feeding the audience right. what you're supposed to think about who was right or wrong in that conversation. Um, that's all. I think it's a really interesting look at the world we live in now. Uh, I think it's a really interesting look at the overachieving, cl- you know, class of ar- artists, the top, 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 the point zero one percent in the art world. Um, I loved. Uh, if you're going to watch the film uh, and you're going to be dazzled by Kate's performance, it is an astonishing performance. Right, right. It's really, right. really good. But also pay attention to the filmmaking. Um, the There's a motif of her walking through doorways or walking down hallways or driving through tunnels. And it is, once you see it, you can't stop seeing mm-hmm. about how consistently it's applied and how beautifully it's applied. Her isolation in the world gets more and more extreme throughout the as the right. as the movie progresses and it's represented visually on screen. It's just a beautiful film. It's just a beautifully made film. Um the art direction is stunning because, you know, she's among the uber wealthy and she's among the wealthy, you know, wealthy art class. So mm-hmm. all she she is only surrounded by other wealthy artists. Beautiful things. Beautiful <laughs> people. Pe- people, beautiful <laughs> things. So it's insanely gorgeous to look at. Um and then every once in a while, you'll hear some beautiful music because right. there's long conducting scenes and that sort of thing. Right. It's not really about the music. I do want to bring <coughs> up the uh, her supporting actors, which are amazing. Uh, Nina Hotz, my God, I worship that woman. She's this amazing German actor. Um, fantastic. Go look her movies up online um she's fantastic and she plays her wife i think she plays her wife she plays her wife we, i'm not sure partner wife it's not very clear anyway and she plays the violin um she's excellent very good there's also the i guess the assistant or secretary or whatever the that person is again it nothing's very clear in this movie um which is noemi merlon she she was also in the portrait of a lady on fire she's a fantastic she was so oh good. she's so good she's so good it in actually it. took oh. me a little while in the film i'm like wait where do i know yeah. her from where do i know her from and then i it, it yeah. clicked for me everyone is great but everyone is very um underused in a way just to but keep, that's the film but that's the nothing film that's the idea to you yeah nothing or explained or because it's all about kate uh, Blanchett. It's right. all about her, her and character. she's completely self-absorbed. That's yes, why yeah. all of these characters just move in and out of her circle. And it's up to you as the viewer to try and figure out what what are the motive, right. what what hap- what just happened there, um, because. Uh, Lydia Tarr is so self-absorbed that she's not paying right, attention right. to any of them. They did use uh, real uh, musicians to play, uh, mm-hmm. and Nina Haas actually plays the violin, uh, and she actually played the violin in a previous movie called The Audition. The Audition. Um, she's excellent, uh, and she said she tried very hard to to play the violin so that she wouldn't look, you know, like an idiot uh, playing with everybody else. Um, it's it's a great movie. Uh, it's about women uh, also it's about you know women trying very hard to be in places where you know we believed and still believe that only belong to men um so as you said and you made a very good point i think the director even mentioned that he chose the music world but could be pretty much any world um uh, where you have a very successful woman you know um 
as the main character and trying very hard to do what she loves, you know, without being judged or criticized because she's just a woman. Um, so I would recommend it. Tar, yes. Yes, very much. I, I love think it. it's a great film. Um, and oh, and the costumes are beautiful, by the way. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's just perfect for the for the character. Anyway, that's it. I agree. So that's us. That's it for us this week. Uh, until next week, when we come back with whatever crosses our eyes across our desk. Take care of yourselves. Love you. Mean it. Bye-bye. Bye bye.